So we're going to be looking at the secrets of exemplary moms. As I went on the internet just to check out one or two things, I saw a survey that was conducted February 16th to March 18th among 2020 American families, you know. This, and I'll just read a little bit out of the report that was um, published. A national survey was published among um, 2020 Americans and they found a widespread belief that today's parents are not measuring up to the standard that parents set a generation ago. You see, the Bible is very, very practical. The Bible is very real. God is real. Unfortunately, a lot of people do not recognize it. So, and I know that in our world of today, what helps us to understand and to really agree, you know, with the scriptures is that we carry out a survey and we see that, oh my goodness, from what they found out in the survey, it just kind of makes you know that the Bible is so real. God's word is so real. So, to read further, the views of mothers and fathers are similar when it comes to the challenges parents face today. Mothers are seen as having the more difficult jobs today. From managing busy schedules to dealing with outside influences, mothers have their hands full these days. There is a broad agreement among the public that it is harder to be a parent today, especially a mother, than it was in the 1970s and 1980s. Do we agree with that? Yes, I agree with that. Fully 70% of the public says it's more difficult to be a mother today than it was 20 or 30 years ago. More than half of Americans, 56% to be precise, says that mothers are doing a worse job today than mothers did 20 or 30 years ago. This was a survey that was carried out this year. The biggest challenge in raising children today, according to parents and non-parents alike, is dealing with the outside influences of society. So they now decided to focus a little bit on, okay, who are these, some of these people that claim to be religious? So they said religious views and practices also influence opinions about parenting today, especially among parents with children under age 18. In addition, to general concerns about society, parents who attend services at least weekly are much more likely to mention some of these areas as the biggest parenting challenges than do, par than do parents who seldom or never attend. So, you know what I loved about this survey? They went to the general public and they realized that, oh my goodness, 70% are saying that mothers are doing a poor job. And then they decided that, okay, let's look for some, those who call themselves the religious fanatics like for Lucia Hezekiah right and they said what, what do you think and they found people like us and they said well yes it's difficult but we mention some things to our children and that's what they discovered from that survey that was carried out. They said they mention it as, you know, some of these areas which are the biggest parenting challenges. So challenges happen. I want us to look at a table, and I, I believe it's going to be on the screen, and it talks about the challenges that moms face on a regular basis. So, the first biggest challenge is societal factors. Societal factors. And under societal factors, which was 38%, we have society and outside influences, which is a big challenge. The second one is drugs and alcohol, very big challenge. Peer pressure. TV, internet, and movies is another group. Then keeping kids from trouble is another group. And then crime, gangs, keeping kids safe is another group. So let me look at societal factors. The first under there was society and outside influences. This is a big area, you know, that creeps into the lives 
of our children into our homes and it tries to pull the children away from what they've been taught from when they were young. Society and outside influences. And then the, another big problem, and of course it's coming to, big time to Canada, is drugs and alcohol. Let me just go through the rest of that table. The, the second major group is morals, discipline, parenting. And under that, the subgroup under that is teaching morals right and wrong, discipline, maintaining discipline, being there and taking care is um, one of the groups there, one of the challenges. Teaching respect and manners is a big challenge when it comes to parenting or mothering your child. And then communication with children. Communication with children is another um, big challenge. Then under that, there comes another subheading called time or work balance. Why am I bringing this up? We've, in church, we've also got to face these challenges. As believers, no matter who we are, we're human beings, first of all, we've got to face these challenges. But what I thank God for is that when we apply the Bible to these challenges we're able to overcome, when we apply the word of God in our homes to these challenges we're able to overcome. Matthew 7, 24, 27 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. This was Jesus speaking. He said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and whoever does them, not just hearing alone. Moms in the house, I want to encourage us that even from today, we will not just be moms alone, we'll be exemplary moms. Do I hear an amen to that? That means we'll be very good examples to our children. We'll be very good examples to non-biological children will be very good examples in our community wherever we are. That is what God wants us to be. Jesus Christ said in that Matthew 7 24, he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he didn't stop at just hearing alone. He said, you must do them. Don't hear alone. You must do them. He said, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Can you see? And then here are the challenges. And the rain descends. That was how Jesus Christ put it. He said the rains will descend. Terrible rain will descend. The floods will come. The winds will blow and beat on that house. He said it will beat on that house. The challenges will so come it will beat on your house. The challenge will not walk away from your house. It won't skip your house. It will beat your house. And it did not fall because of his words and because we do those words Jesus said and that house did not fall for it was founded on the rock the house was founded on the rock Jesus is our rock for our own house for us to be exemplary moms we've got to find we've got to build our house on the solid rock on a daily basis it's just not it's not just a one time thing many of us own our homes or we you know in our rental apartment and we take care of it we make sure it's looking good you know we make sure we we tend the garden. We do everything so that it's always, always, always looking good. How much more, you know, the homes we are establishing, we must always work at it to make sure that God's word is consistently, you know, flowing in that home. God's name is consistently planted in that home. God's word is consistently being shared in our home. That is the task we have to be exemplary. I won't go further to say what the other part, but I'll read it very quickly. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the same conditions, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. 
great was its fall. Our homes will not fail. Our homes will not fall. Our homes will not be destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to go very quickly on to secrets of an ex exemplary mom. And I'm just going to read out three points very quickly. Secrets of an exemplary mom. One, they are honest, they are transparent, and find ways to overcome challenges. A mom that is exemplary will be honest. Why do I start with the word honesty? Honesty means... Being true to yourself, knowing that you have weaknesses, knowing that I can mess up, knowing that I'm not good at some things. Being honest with ourselves will make us exemplary. So moms in the house, we've got to be honest because we're not superhumans. That's the truth. God has not made anybody a superhuman. My son always tells me, I want to be a superhuman because of all these movies going. I said, sorry, you can't fly. You can't fly in real life. Okay. Your, your spirit, yes, can go touch heaven, do everything, but you cannot fly in that body. But we are expected to be honest. We're expected to be transparent. You know, when children look at us, what do they see? When children look at you, your children, what do they see? Do they see a great mom, an exemplary mom, or they see more of our weaknesses. When we are honest and we're transparent, our children will know, okay, I know mom is not a super mom. She's working at this and I know that she's going to overcome this challenge. And then we must find ways to overcome our challenges. When I look at that list and I look at the list I read earlier, some of the challenges that they brought up from that survey was societal influences. Under that, there is outside influences. As moms, we must be able to overcome outside influences in our homes. As moms, we must be able to overcome drugs and alcohol in our homes. You know, um, I've had some parents share with me before, you know, and they've said, not even in our church, you know, and they said, what do I do with this situation? And I said, you know what? You've got to pray for yourself, first of all, to overcome that challenge before you can help your child overcome the challenge. You know, because if we're doing anything, we're like the mirror our children see. And whatever we do, it's only a matter of time our children will repeat some of those things. So we've got to work on ourselves first in the area of outside influences, in the area of drugs, in the area of alcohol, in the area of peer pressure, in the area of internet, TV and internet, in any of these areas that are difficulties, we've got to work at it in our own lives so that we can be exemplary and help our children. Amen. So we must be honest, we must be transparent, and we must find ways to overcome challenges. Matthew 5, 37 says, but let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than these is from the evil one we're in a generation where everything is being twisted. I was talking to a lady some time ago, and after I say something, I try to explain something. She said, but that is relative, you know. And then I try to explain something else, and she said, but you know, that's your perspective, you know. And I wonder, can't you just take a simple explanation? It's either black or white. Look at the coin. The coin has two sides, either one side or the other. Everything has majorly two parts to it. That's why this script says that also in our own lives let our yes be yes and let our no be no that means be clear on whatever you're saying for whatever is more than these is from the evil one can you imagine that scripture what Jesus said from whatever is more than this if we're trying to twist things if we're trying to make things suitable for ourselves eventually the truth is going to come out Look at today in our generation. Everything is being twisted. They're redefining marriage. They're redefining sex. 
And the scripture says that any other thing outside, yes, a male is a male, a female is a female, anything outside that is from where? The evil one. So you can see where the world is getting their ideologies from. We're talking about being honest, being transparent, and finding ways to overcome challenges. So in our own lives as moms, as I said, we're not super moms. So if you find that your human will is weak, that you're just, you're weak in some areas, turn to God. Because we read that scripture and says, if your foundation is on a solid rock, no matter the challenges you face, that house will not collapse. You will not collapse. So if you find yourself still weak in some areas, turn to God. And if you still fail after that, you realize that, oh God, I'm not making progress in this area of weakness then confide in your spouse or confide in a close christian friend or go to the pastors you know and confide in them and say please pray with me you know because the bible says when two or three shall agree concerning anything it shall be done unto them so i want to encourage you wherever you find yourself weak that you're not able to overcome some of your challenges as a mother let us turn to god and if you find that we're still weak Turn to your spouse. If you find that's not working, talk to the pastors and I'm sure they'll be able to pray with you. First Chronicles 16.11. 1 Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. So we should seek him. We should seek the Lord and his strength and we should seek his face evermore. And it's until we're honest and transparent that we're able to achieve what 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 says. That's the only way we can achieve this. And what does 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 says? I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did and without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. This was Paul writing to Timothy and he said, look, your faith that you have in you didn't start from you. It started from, I can see, I saw it in your grandmother Lois. It started from your grandmother. From your grandmother, it transferred to your mom. From your mom to you, Timothy. So you can see the rest responsibility we have as moms in being honest, in being transparent, to, because it affects the third generation. It will affect your third generation. It will affect your fourth generation. If you're honest, if you're transparent, if you're able to go to God and your grandchild will be looking at you and saying, I can see what grandma is doing. And based on what they observe, because you are the movie they are watching. And when you watch a movie, you know, it's difficult to forget some of the parts. So as your children and the grandchildren are watching the movie of the mom and, and the grandmom. They don't forget those parts easily, what they see. So it's important that we show them a very good movie, but living the reality, living the truth for this younger generations to come. The secrets of an exemplary mom. Again, the first one is transparency, honesty, and finding ways to overcome challenges. The second one is always turn to God. Always, always turn to God. We can never be tired of doing that. We can never be too overburdened with problems. We can never be. Problems will always come. The challenges will beat at the house. After one challenge comes another one. Remember Jesus Christ listed it. The rain first of all came. Then the floods came. And then we'll think, oh the floods are gone. Oh Father, thank you that the floods are gone. Then what came? The wind came. So they come one after the other. Challenges will come. When 
the situations come, we must always, always turn to God. We can't say because we have overcome the first challenge, it's over. Oh, let, let's relax now. No more problems. They're going to come. But when they come, we must always turn to God. And we can just see this an example in 1 Samuel 1, 12 to 15, you know, where it talks about Anna that was trusting God for a child. It took her such a long time to have a child. And so I'll just read 1 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 12. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Anna spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be, be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Anna answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxication drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. This was a woman who was burned for such a long time, for many, many, many years. She never gave up. Every year they go to Jerusalem, they go to the temple, she will go again and cry to God. She will go again and cry to God. That is why as believers, I want to encourage you moms. It's important that we keep on praying. It's important that we keep on seeking the face of God. It's important that when you see that challenge, tell that challenge, you know what? My forehead is greater than whatever is coming my way. We've got to toughen up, even in the lives of our children. And then you know this strategy, you know the amazing thing, the devil is such a very, very stubborn spirit that he doesn't give up. When he comes after you, he can't get you. He will go after your children. When he can't get your children, he will go after your grandchildren. So you can see that we must continue to pray, even not just for ourselves, but for our children and our grandchildren. We must continue to pray. We must continue to pray. Always, always turn to God. Read the word of God. We can never overemphasize that action to always make time, be intentional about it. Wake up in the morning, start your day with God. Even if it's 15 minutes, even if you oversleep, start your day with God. Don't start your day with food. Don't start your day with work. Don't start your day with whatever it is. Start your day with God. Commit your day into God's hands. Trust him for your children. Trust him for your life. Trust him for your home. And end your day with God. No matter what. End your day with God. Many times when you are asleep, you don't know where you are. You don't know whether the devil came beside you and stood beside your bed. Said, this one is my next target. You have no idea. We're like dead men and women when we're asleep. In fact, many of us snore. We don't even know we're snoring. One day, my husband had to record it because I told him I don't snore. He said, Volusia, you snore. I said, ah, I don't. I'm sure I don't snore. So he said, I will record it for you one day. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> I think it was only that one time I snored, actually. <laughs> My dear, am I right? No. <laughs> okay, he knows, he knows, he knows. <laughs> so we, we give God the praise. So we, that's why it's important to end our day with God. And when you end your day with God, you are preparing for tomorrow. You're already saying, God, as we go to bed, this is what we want. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your grace of our lives. And you pray about your tomorrow. The Bible says sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. The next day has a lot of evil in it. Sufficient for that day. The devil has prepared the evil for the next day. So, but that evil will not come near your home. If you are prepared for it if you you know end your day with God so the second secret of an exemplary mom is that they should always turn to God for yourself for your family for your husband for your children anybody in your family anyone you can remember even for your church family turn to God for them the third secret you can't train a child all by yourself 
You cannot train a child all by yourself. You need a healthy and sound community. When I say healthy and a sound community, I actually mean a healthy and a sound church. A healthy and a sound church. Have we ever seen a mom and a dad train their children all by themselves? Why do we send our children to school for educational purposes? So that they can learn. Do we all hear? Edna, do you know history, social studies, fine art, math? Do you know it all? No. So we send them to school so that the professionals that we help train them. Then you look for a good church that is sound in the word of God. So that by the time the children are listening to the word, they are being trained in life. They are being trained about God, their maker. So you can't train a child all by yourself. You need a healthy and a sound community. And that means a healthy and a sound church. I want us to read John chapter 19, 25 to 27. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. This was when Jesus was being crucified. His mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. I want to elaborate a little bit on this scripture. Jesus never knew John the beloved. He was going about and he saw John and said, come join. He saw his other disciples, he called them, they joined in. As many of us here have come to be part of Joy Fountain or you are visiting Joy Fountain today. That was how it happened in those days. So, and they all became one family. Jesus and his disciples became friends. They became brothers. They became, you know, they even had women that were ministering to them and they were part of the group. But look at what happened here. When Jesus was on the cross, Jesus saw his mother look down. He looked down from the cross and he saw his mother standing nearby and he said, woman, here is your son. He didn't say mother. Take note. He said woman. The reason why Jesus, one, I believe one of the reasons why Jesus said that, he said, look, I am going to be with my father. I don't want you to be depressed. So as I'm standing here nailed to the cross, I'm not looking at you as my mother. You're a woman. And he said, woman, here is your son. Did you notice that he spoke to the woman first? He spoke to the woman first. He said, take this young man as your son. Here is your son. They're not biological. She didn't give birth to John. John was already a matured man. But she said, woman, he said, woman, here is your son. What is Jesus taught till the last? He taught till he gave up his breath. He was teaching us something on the cross. He was telling us as the body of Christ, be one, be like a mother and a son relationship. Though you are not from this, he's not from your womb. Take him as your son. Whatever you can do to me that I'm nailed to the cross, do it to him as your son. Whatever advice you can give for me that I'm your son, nailed to the cross, do it to this one as your son. Mother, here is your son. But in our community today, in our churches today, we don't see that. We just see separation. But Jesus was trying to say that in the body of Christ, we are not just friends only. You must be a family. You must be a family. We are the family of Christ. So whatever I can do to Samuel, I can do to Hudson. That's what Christ is saying. The advice I give to Samuel should not be for my son only. Any advice I give to him, I should be able to give to another boy. Any advice, anything I can do for my daughter, I should be able to do for another girl in the body of Christ. That was what Jesus was teaching on the cross. He said, woman, here is your son. And now to the disciple, he turned. He said, here is your mother. 
That means that young man, listen to her. Whatever she tells you to do, whatever you know a mother will tell a child to do, do it. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. This disciple took her into his home. Brethren, I want to encourage us as the body of Christ. We can't train our child alone. We can't train our children alone. We can't be super moms and super dads all by ourselves. You need the church. You need a God-fearing, Bible-believing church family. You need it in this generation. With all that is happening, with all the challenges outside that we've listed, you need it. Because when you come, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. You come, we sharpen you. You come to church, you feel revived. You come to church, you feel, you know, you feel good. Then you go back into the society and you go, oh, here we go, another one week. Okay, I'll survive this one. Then you come back again and refuel. That's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of a God, Holy Spirit, church, a healthy and a sound church. I want to encourage you. Keep coming to church. Keep bringing your children. You know mothers that don't go to church. I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. My husband and I were talking to a, la uh, a lady and I've observed her. They don't go to church and I've observed her children and yeah, you can see that she's trying everything in her power to raise up these children, you know, the right way. But they, I could still see there was something missing and what was missing was God in the life of that family that was what was missing as a non-believer there is a limit to which you can go and she told us she was telling us some of the battles she was facing and if only you know if only they would desire to come to church if only they would desire to want to try God out it will make the work easier that's the purpose of the church to make the work of motherhood to make the work of fatherhood easier because by the time we take those children into those rooms and we spend 45 minutes with them on the word of God do you think it's not sinking in by the time we take the youth to Joseph generation and we show them videos of what the real life is and we show them the scriptures of God's word do you think it doesn't make an impact brethren encourage families to bring their children to a, a good church a spirit-filled church don't worry about what they're gonna say at least you tell them, come, you should try church out. Why didn't you come to church with me next Sunday? And for those of us that have been coming, let us keep coming. The Lord will continue to give us grace. He will continue to strengthen us in Jesus' mighty name.